25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks in spot. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What up? Hour two underway in the Farm Bureau Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. An insurance agent that you know personally, one-on-one. You either grew up together or if you'd known each other, or he grew or she grew up right there in your community. And you see them everywhere you go. They're just right there, hometown heroes. Call them up and deal with somebody one-on-one. It's the way it ought to be in everything. But it's not the way it is in everything. But it is the way it is with Farm Bureau Insurance in Mississippi. I'm Matt. We also stay connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer-inspired Check them out at cspire.com. Hour number two underway. You can be a part of the show. Several different ways for you to do that. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line. 601-995-1059. 601-995-1059. That is the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. Text me on the text line. 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. And as always, Twitter is up over there. I'm looking at it. Fluffy texts. Uh, he tweeted. He didn't text. He tweeted. Fluffy Bottoms. He's on the all-name team. Fluffy said, interesting bit of info about running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at LSU. He was involved in a justified shooting last year. And he said, I believe everything was cleared. He sent me the link. I, I remember that vaguely. Yeah, and it's that thing. I think we all kind of just moved on because there was, you know, it was justified. Um, and I had kind of forgotten about that. I sure had. Thanks for the reminder. So y'all feel free to tweet me. Uh, True Maroon texted the show, wanted to know if tomorrow night's dinner was indeed really sold out. And yes, it is. There was a couple of hand, you know, just a couple of tickets left, but Made sure we held those back for Roger and Jake. I think Jake's coming out. Roger, we better now. <laughs> better come on now. Hey, yeah. yeah. Our True Maroon's going to be a little upset. They'll be there, True Maroon. Don't you worry about it, sir. <laughs> come hang out at the bar. You can ear hustle, see what's going on. <clears throat> That's it. Okay, listen. I want to point something out again. For longtime listeners of the show, you're going to think, oh, here he goes. Ah, uh, dadgummit. Here he goes again. Every every time this scheduling thing comes up, Matt just, you know, lambastes. I love that word, don't you, Roger? Just lambastes. Well, the current, not maybe as much as you do. <laughs> the current scheduling Personal <laughs> thing. 
Lambase is not one of Roger's favorite words. There. We have established this. I think it's lambast, isn't it? I don't know. Lambase sounds better to me. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Let's ask Jake, see how you're supposed to say it. <laughs> oh, we should tell that story on him. I can make it quick. Can you make it quick, Roger, please? I haven't had a chance to clip the audio. Okay, and I'm just to, saying. We just had the show between 10 and 11. Okay, that was this morning. And and I'm streaming on Facebook and Twitter right now. And I and I tease that we're going to talk about the scheduling. And we are. We've got plenty of time to do it. But first, Roger has to tell you this. Because, Jake, I think real quick, Roger, you should preface what you're going to say about Jake by playing a couple of the clips that you have that illustrate that we have a really good time at Jake's expense in, in, in terms of saying words correctly. Okay, so, you have to give me a second. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot if you didn't have it pulled up. That's all right. I'll get there. If you, if can... you don't know, okay, for anybody listening who's not aware, Jake Wimberly, the host of The Drive in the afternoons on Medicinal. <laughs> <laughs> he had 100-plus-year-old, um, let's see, Medicinal. I can't pronounce what he's saying here. Medicinal marijuana. He needs um, pyrotechnics. <laughs> and my favorite, which I don't have a button for, referring to the legendary rib joint in Memphis as Rondevious. <laughs> but I don't she, know he, why I love that. But so she may much. be describing the service that you get there. <laughs> So today we're doing an outdoor show. We have a show called, show called Outdoors Mississippi, which airs on The Zone on Saturdays and then on another station here in town on Wednesdays Live. And we were talking about um, where they do scrapes. Deers do, deer hunters will know this. They scrape the mm-hmm. the, right. the buck well and just, you know, put scent in there and everything. And he was talking about that and the the various pros and cons of where you set up in relation to a scrape were being discussed. And he was reading uh, uh, some tips out of an article, and he said one, one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to set up where they are conjugating. <laughs> <laughs> but I just had this image in my mind of deer going out there going, am not, or are not, aren't, or, cannot, can't. <laughs> so the deer are conjugating. We're not, weren't. They're smarter than we thought. The deer, according to Jake, white-tailed deer are conjugating. He needs um, pyrotechnics. <laughs> Not congregating, but conjugating. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Jake is a walk. He's a modern-day Yogi Berra. I mean, he really is really. a little less athletic. But <laughs> now, under what you promo that I've run you off the road on. <laughs> Okay, this that's great. The deer out there, be, don't put it where they conjugate. <laughs> the super deer. That is fantastic, man. Jake, I love you. That is but I guess when the, when the deer say, don't shoot me, they've just conjugated. <laughs> <clears throat> I just can't get enough of that. Don't put it out there where they conjugate. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> oh, that's fantastic. As far as I'm concerned, it is. Maybe it's not that funny to you. The sad thing yeah. is somebody's riding around going, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Rogers. Not everybody gets it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> scheduling, as promised, <clears throat> seven minutes later.
It's okay, though. The other was much more fun. I said to begin the show today without looking at the schedule. Well, well, if I, if I put it in order, I told Roger. I said, I have not looked ahead yet to the schedule of games, uh, the docket of games in college football this weekend. Because State has an open date. I don't have to work a game this weekend. So I get to sit at home on the couch, watch games, be a fan. I haven't gotten in a hurry to look ahead because I'm not working this week. I, you know, so I'm being lazy, whatever you want to call it. And um, I said, I just assume that we're probably going to have a much better weekend of, in terms of the lineup of college football games across the board. Because last week it couldn't have been much worse. In week five last week, we had a grand total in the entire country of two football games that involved ranked teams playing each other. Top 25 opponents, two in the entire country. One of those was USC and who? Stanford? Somebody like that? Or Washington or somebody? Washington and somebody. West Coast. And then another, I don't know, it was like Virginia and somebody. They both were... And that was it. And all the rest of the games were supposed to be blowouts and all that kind of stuff. And most of them wound up being that way. Now, it was a little different for the state of Mississippi because we had both teams playing on the road, top five opponents, Auburn and Alabama. It didn't turn out well for either, but there was interest there. Well, I was big time mistaken because now it is week six, and frankly, I think week six, the schedule is worse than week five. How did we get to a point where we're this deep in the season and the schedule is this bad? This never happens in the NFL. Yes, it's much different in the NFL. There's only 32 teams. We get it. But it's one of the reasons the NFL is king, and it always will be, as long as things are this way in, in the upper echelon of college football. That We can be six weeks deep in the season, and the schedule is this bad. In the SEC, for instance, the biggest, best, wealthiest conference in America, it may be the most top-heavy, the biggest, best conference in America with the most fans and the biggest stadiums and the most wealthy coaches and the most money coming in from their conference network and everything and revenue sharing, the most wealthy TV deals, the SEC. Week six, there are five games involving SEC teams. Five. Of those five, two of them are non-conference games. But here's the real kicker. Of those five games involving SEC teams, three of them have a point spread of 24 or greater. Georgia is a 24.5-point favorite on the road at Tennessee. Missouri is a 25-point favorite at home against Troy. And LSU is a 27.5-point favorite over Utah State. This is week six of the season. Folks, there are 13 weeks, well, really 14 weeks now with two open dates. But we're effectively approaching the halfway point. When we get this weekend behind us, we're really close to the halfway point of the year. And the last two weeks, week five and week six, six have been awful on the schedule. There has been very little interest across the board for fans of college football, outside of your own team playing. And most of those, your own team's playing somebody they're going to blow out or playing somebody they're going to get blown out by. <clears throat> and well, we the, wonder 
why ticket sales continue to go downhill. And we wonder why there's this narrative that's being spun, according to some, that college football is losing a little bit of a foothold. And we wonder. There are a lot of reasons. But if you don't think this is a reason, then I can't help you. You're not smart enough to have this conversation if you don't think this is a big part of the reason. What were you going to say, Roger? Well, this is an odd weekend looking at the um, overall schedule because there are six SEC teams that are on a bye week this week. That's the only time this season that that happens. Like next weekend, there'll be one, two, three, four. Well, actually, that's this weekend. So next week, only one off next week. Yeah. Then the week after that, all teams are playing. And okay. then after that, you'll have you'll have another four uh, four by okay, teams but on let 26. me but let me make a, a comparison for you. And so everything you say is fact. You're giving me the schedule. Think about how deep we are in the schedule, Roger. You're almost halfway there. It's almost you, like everybody's taking a halfway like a halftime break. You know, Roger. The first half of the season is meaningless. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not saying it's meaningless in terms of the outcome for some teams. All these games count towards bowl eligibility. All of them will add up for the top teams anyway, their strength of schedule and wins and positioning them and the whatever. You know, the bowl, the, the playoff, college football playoff. I, 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 but what I'm saying is, for listen, I want to know if anybody out there can argue with this statement. Because of the scheduling that we currently have in college football, for a majority of fans of college football teams, the first half of this season's schedule has been largely meaningless. And it, look, we're in. Okay, so last week I went week five. Boy, look at how bad the schedule is. Look at week six. Now you're strictly talking from an SEC point of view. Right? I'm, I'm about to not. I'm now. I'm talking about the top twenty-five. Because I was going to say that that excuse would be because it's so bloody hot. Yeah, nobody, okay. Nobody wants to go to those games anyway. It really has been. It really has been hot. Last week we had a grand total of two games in week five of the season involving ranked teams playing each other. Week six in the top twenty-five, we have one, two, three, and that's it. Now, you go, know, what are we going to do about it? Well, I, I don't, I'm not saying I know what to do about it, but I just know it's not good. Week six and the most interesting ranked versus ranked game is Auburn at Florida. Far and away, the biggest, best in the entire country in terms of matchup and interest going in. Auburn at Florida. CBS 230. The other two, ranked versus ranked, are 11 a.m., 14th-ranked Iowa at 19th-ranked Michigan. Who gives a flip outside of those two fan bases? And the other is at 6.30 on ABC. It'll be nationally broadcast because 4th-ranked Ohio State is hosting 25th-ranked Michigan State. Now, upsets do happen. That's great. But the rest of them, look at what the rest of what you got. So, week six, uh, all right, Alabama's not playing. LSU is hosting Utah State. Oklahoma is hosting Kansas. A 32-point point spread. Wisconsin, Wisconsin is hosting Kent State, a 36-point favorite. P- 
Penn State is hosting Purdue, a 27-point favorite. <laughs> Oklahoma State is on the road at Texas Tech. All right, 10-point favorite. Woo! Yes, 10-point. Hold on. Notre Dame is hosting Bowling Green, a 45-point favorite. Georgia at Tennessee, a 24-point favorite. Oregon hosting Cal. Oregon, an 18-point favorite. Washington, a 16-point favorite on the road at Stanford. And Boise State, a 23-point favorite on the road at UNLV. Folks, that's your top 25 games in week six of the season. That's pitiful. The top heaviness and the lack of parity that we have in the sport of college football is just gross. I'm not saying that I'm obviously not an Alabama fan. If you are, you don't care. I get it. You you know, if you're an Ohio State fan, who cares? You're a Georgia fan, who cares? Clemson, who cares? I get it. <clears throat> but you can line up the fan bases for the top four or five teams that every year they're the ones who have a shot at this playoff thing and add their fan bases up, and they still are not the majority of college football fans, are they? Right? Right, because all these numbers, these, you know, everybody's worried about declining attendance. Well, what are we doing? We're adding up the numbers for the for everybody across the entire country. So it's blowout city in college football, and people are sick of it. Okay. And the nature of it, the that NCAA structure, look, we sat here yesterday and we go off and we have this long conversation and differing sides of the conversation about paying the players about paying the players their name and likeness money and all that, and what kind of Pandora's box that opens up in terms of recruiting and all that kind of stuff. We had that conversation, sure. What does it do? What does it mean to the interest? What would it do to the sport? Well, I got news for you. When Bruce Feldman wrote in that tweet that coaches around the country feel like the NCAA can't and doesn't and won't police what is already a rampant cheating atmosphere he's exactly right the whole thing is the whole thing is just the whole thing's broken it's just broken so don't even like athletics directors leaders of college football commissioners in the conferences people at the NCAA office you know, don't come to me anymore. Don't give me any more quotes and any more interviews and come to me anymore talking about how concerned everybody is with declining attendance in college football. In some cases, you know, ratings across the country that go down, but certainly declining attendance. Don't come to me unless you step up and immediately, absolutely, 100% to begin with, say, we recognize the scheduling is bad, especially in the SEC. Andy Staples, this this scheduling model that you have in the Southeastern Conference right now is the biggest joke. And and maybe it was out of necessity that they had to do it. But I just don't buy it. I think a lot of why they came up with this scheduling model the SEC has right now where you only play eight conference games and you have one permanent cross division, which that's the whole league being held hostage by Alabama and Auburn, who their people are convinced they have to play Tennessee and they have to play Georgia every year. So we got to do that. So the rest of the league is going to have to find somebody to play every year, too, to make it look like we're doing what we're supposed to do. 
So, therefore, we have a permanent cross-division state versus Kentucky. Therefore, we have Ole Miss plays Vanderbilt every year. A lot of passion in there. It's a rivalry. Right. No. Yeah. Picking up your sarcasm. And Andy Staples at The Athletic covered it today because Dan Mullen talked about it in his press conference last week, and he very, very succinctly pointed out they play South Florida a bunch of times. They're playing Miami a bunch of times. Florida State. They play Mississippi State once every 12 years. The other teams are are in the same conference with Florida more so than Mississippi State is. And they're using the example of this Auburn and Florida thing. Listen to this example of how Andy Staples summed it up or described it. Malzahn said in his press conference, this will be my first time to ever go to Florida. I've been to every other place in our league but Florida. This will be my first. Looking forward to it. Yes, yeah, pretty unique. This guy's been a coach there for 11 years. In, in one capacity or another. And it's the first time Malzahn will have ever gone and coached a, a game in Gainesville. This is his 11th season in the SEC. Now, you tell me that this, this scheduling model makes any sense whatsoever. Fans are telling you what you want, what they want. They want more SEC versus SEC games. They want more Big Ten versus Big Ten games. And we don't want LSU versus Ohio, uh, Utah State at 11 a.m. in week six. We don't want it. Not buying a ticket. Well, LSU is really good. They got Joe Burrow going to win a Heisman, maybe win a national championship. I don't care. I'm not coming to watch that. You play South Carolina and beat their brains out, I'll go. I'm not going to watch them play Utah State at 11. Fix it. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. All coaches are in coaching, well, hopefully for a couple reasons. One, for education and young people. (laughs) You know, Jake's thing is, He's not that far off. It's just like every now and then he wants to put in an extra syllable. You know, it's yeah, right. e- it's yeah. educating, and he said educationing. He just puts in an extra syllable. It's really not that far off. And here's he the other that. thing: none of this stuff that we're doing on the radio, none of this stuff is really ever. Well, I shouldn't say ever. Seldom is it earth-shattering, life-changing. The primary purpose of all of this is entertainment, is it not, Roger? Yeah, yeah. And what's more entertaining than Jake every now and then, maybe even on purpose, throwing an extra syllable into a word? Or as he would say, a syllable. (laughs) (laughs) He has a hard time um, uh, pronunciating. What did he say? Well, it's more of a problem with the emphasis. He said, I can't pronunciate what I'm saying here. <laughs> I'm going to steal well, you that know what? and use it, it over and over and over. Clearly, he needed more education. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we love you, Jake. Before his, uh, That's it. Before his, his uh, solid fans start ripping us up on no, the we're not. <laughs> we are not picking on Jake at all. Yeah. There are days when things that Jake says are literally the most entertaining thing on this show. 
I'll admit it. Okay. Um, text line 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. And you can call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line also, 995-1059. It's a 601 number. Both of them are. The Madison mailman says, Matt could be a fire and brimstone style preacher. That's what this world is missing. I think we do miss that some, huh? But they're still there. You just got to find them. You just have to look around. <laughs> uh, yeah, fire and brimstone preacher. I probably could, but yeah, I don't know. Not qualified for that. Somebody texts in here and they say, Matt, are you saying that college football needs a salary cap? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. So like we right? said, you regulate it and they will still break the rules. Oh, They'll just right. change the, you know, just mm. how they do it will change. Right. So. Well, and you, if you look at the NFL, right? Like if you look at the NFL, there are only 32 teams. Therefore, there are only 32 owners. And the 32 owners, along with the commissioner's office, make every decision on everything. It's a lot easier to police 32 teams and 32 coaching staffs and 32 owners. It's a lot easier to get 32 guys in a room along with the commissioner and a couple of others and vote on things. You know, they get them in a room. Hey, Mr. Kraft, your coach over there filming their opponent's practice. It's highly against the rules, and we suggest that we're going to punish you this way. And he goes to bat for himself, and then they put it to a vote. And about 25 of them go, Yay, punish him. Well, if you're going to be in the NFL, you just you got no choice. You accept it. It is what it is. Easy to police that stuff. And in the NFL, all the money stuff, is a it's completely out in the open and above board because it's a pro sport. There's no, I mean, look, it, there's no, like, cheating going on financially. They're not slipping some free agent $10,000 under the table <laughs> to come play for them. Free, the free agent didn't want that. The free agent wants it in writing so that you have to pay. So that you have zero choice. <laughs> um, it'll never happen. You'll never have anything like that in college football because you um, are recruiting. You're not hiring. You're not. You're signing, but it's not a... There's no salary, right? So you can't have a salary cap unless you have a salary, not legally. And so there's recruiting. That's another thing in the NFL. The NFL realizes that for the good of every owner there, financially, every in every way, that what they should do is have as much parity year to year as they can. Therefore, they have a salary cap. Therefore, the worst team gets the first pick every year. Yeah, college football, much, much different. It can't be policed. The cheating really can't be policed. I mean, you think about it. You have 127 football, Division I football playing schools, 127. And you're telling me that about 40 people in a building in Indianapolis, Indiana, can police all that? <laughs> you could sick the FBI on it, and they might not be able to police all of it. 
So the idea of the big bad NCAA holding everybody accountable is laughable. The media does the job of the NCAA for them. And then when perception starts to become a problem for the NCAA, then they will punish that coach or that school to keep up the perception. That's literally, I just described the whole model for you. All right, lots of phone calls. We're going to start it off with who's been there the longest. That'd be Bill, who's in and around Jackson, burning up the highway. What's up, Bill? I have a solution. A semi-solution. Why don't, and I know this was talked about before, why don't we just make them all eligible the day they graduate high school? Okay, what what do you mean, like no red shirt? In every sport. In every sport. No, I mean, make them all eligible to go in the draft. Oh, I see what you mean. These fools think that they can walk in and play pro football when they're 18 years old. Hey, Bill, that is a brilliant – you're touching on what is probably the smartest thing for – the even the NFL, if we want to look at football, but not just the NFL, really all pro sports, right? But but if you look at the NFL, oh, yeah. I mean, baseball has a minor league, but college football is the minor leagues of the NFL, and it would actually be in the interest of the NFL if all this stuff starts happening to partner with the NCAA and say, okay, we'll agree. You know, uh, players right out of high school, they're draftable. If they're good enough, we'll draft them. And guess what will happen? They're not going to draft any of them because they're not good enough out of high school. school And they'll follow the rules that were initially set. I mean, I know I'm old school. I feel like you get a college education. That's, I mean, the other day on one of the shows in the afternoon, they were talking about, I think it was Furman. Yeah. It was $57,000 a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to go to school there. To go to school there. I mean, yeah. hey, four and, years. And and here's the thing too, you Bill. Two hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars. That's it. And and look, all it takes is really one student out there. From a law perspective, all it takes is one student out there who's willing to actually pay that, pay that money to to get the service that the school is offering, and that is the education for it to hold up in court that what the school is offering has great value. And just like we said yesterday, there are people who want me to believe, who have told me and said to me that a dollar amount on a line item beside tuition is just something the school makes up. It's just totally made up. Yet at the same exact time, we have celebrities paying literally hundreds of thousands of dollars, a half a million dollars in bribes just to get their precious little child into USC. Yet some people want to tell me that going to college has no value whatsoever. Something doesn't add up. Great call, Bill. Call me anytime, okay? Be hey, careful. Let me, let me mention one other hey, thing. Hey, I, I, I would love for you to, but you got to hang on. The music's starting, and we're about to cut. So just, if you got something else, just hang on for me. I'll, I'll call back. Thank okay, you. yeah, call back. And we got Gator Greg hanging on, too. We're going to get to him coming up next in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. 
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Hey, Roger, I love this thing on Facebook. It's one of these memes, and it says every family has that one kid, and it's these three little boys, and presumably brothers, and the two on the left are holding up fish that they've caught, and the one little one on the right has the fish in his mouth. He's He's got it stuck, like, <laughs> hanging out his mouth. Yeah. And it says every family has that one kid. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Gator Greg. What's up, Greg? I, I know you're still on time with your guest, Mr. Wyman. No, you're good. You're good. You got, pl- you got plenty of time uh, here. You don't have okay. to hurry. Okay. All right. Uh, Auburn, Florida. I mean, I think the Gators are, are you know, people do not give them enough respect. I mean, they are 5-0. and I mean, they're ugly 5-0, and including mm-hmm. me. But what do you see is the key to this? I, I think some of these players, the Gators are getting back especially on defense, you can maybe hopefully make Auburn a little bit one-dimensional. And Florida's got to step up stop the run. If they do, I think uh, Nix has not been the best passer. Maybe you can turn them over and win an ugly game. I want to get your, your thoughts on that. Uh, I'm so impressed with your guy, Patrick Mahomes. Even though people try to say he had an off game, the guy is just he, he, he just so cool under pressure. I would have thought maybe with statement out this weekend, the homecoming queen would have took you up and you could have seen them in person against the Colts on Sunday night. I'll have, and, and by the way, great voiceover with the, the homecoming queen. I just, I love how she says this is the Matt Wyatt show. <laughs> and, uh, I think you need to maybe get Mary Liddy. Let's do that for the holiday. I okay. think Mary Liddy can say, this is the Matt Wyatt show. <laughs> Something like that. I like to make my bright my day. But Mr. Wyatt, okay. do we have a shot against? The big bad Auburn Tigers. And oh yeah. We love you, Mr. Wyatt. We love we love Mr. Joe Wyatt. We love Roger. He does such a great job. Hopefully, we won't get embarrassed in the swamp on Saturday, and we can actually have a decent game. You have a great show, Mr. Wyatt. All we right. appreciate. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Appreciate all that. Yeah, we got to get Mary Liddy on here. She's been doing picks, you know, on Fridays, and she, she really enjoys that. She really does. Uh, yes, Florida. I, I actually am picking Florida in an upset, and here's why. I think. Auburn is very good, but I think they're a little, what's the right word, inflated right now. State didn't play very well at all, didn't put up much of a challenge. It'll be an entirely different thing for them on the road in the swamp. Florida's the 5-0 and team that, you're right, it's ugly wins, but when you look at, when you look at it, who doesn't want to win ugly 38 to nothing? 34 to 3. 45 to nothing. And yeah, okay, they they slopped around against Miami and won the game 24 to 20. They you know, slopped around a little bit against Kentucky, but it was on the road and Kentucky had belief at that point and you win the game 29-21. No, Florida has not in in all aspects been as impressive as as Auburn has, but this is going to be a home game. And what about for Auburn? I mean, has Bo Nix at Auburn played in an atmosphere like this one is going to be yet? I don't think he has. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he has. 
And they went to Texas A&M. Okay, I give you that. I give you that. But still, I just don't think there's a – in terms of meanness and noise and what you're going to be up against in the swamp, it, it's not like that at A&M. A&M is huge. Yes, you need to go see it. It's like a seventh or an eighth wonder of the world. But it's not the kind of atmosphere you're going to face at Florida. 2.30 CBS. Brutally hot. <laughs> And then neutral side against Oregon. So, you know, one true road game prior to this, it's at Texas A&M, the same football team that really struggled with Arkansas. See, Florida has a real defense. They're real on defense. The running game and all that kind of stuff is going to be much tougher against this Florida team than it has been at any point so far for Auburn's offense. You'll be on the road in that atmosphere. That's going to even the scales a little bit right there. And then the other thing is Florida can throw the ball. They they don't run the ball very well, but they don't really make very much bones about it. They're relying on that receiver group. And I, I don't think it's a fluke. They can really throw the football. They have an excellent receiver group. And, and certainly, Greg, anybody arguing that the reason – Auburn goes in there and wins a game. The, probably the first thing they point to is Auburn's defensive front against Florida's offensive front. But from a pass-blocking standpoint, I think Florida can do a decent job. You know, I, I just think it just smells like upset to me. And, I, you know, let's see. I, I'm not sitting here telling you Florida's definitely the better team. I'm not sitting here trying to be the smartest guy in the room and and tell you that, you, you know, um, I know something somebody else doesn't. I'm just telling you, I look at it. It's only a field goal game anyway, 230 in the swamp. The atmosphere will be something that Auburn hasn't faced. The running yards will not come to Auburn the way they have in other games. They're gonna ha- So they're going to have an entirely different experience on offense than what they've been having. And it just smells like upset to me. But I tell you what, um, if I wanted to talk myself out of it, the one thing I might point to is In his entire time at Mississippi State, the one thing Dan Mullen never did do, he never could do, was go out there and beat a team who had more talent than him. When the talent advantage was always in favor of the other guys, he never really did go throw that big upset, right? He never beat Alabama. You know, the year that he beat LSU down there in in Baton Rouge, frankly, State was a much more talented team. It just happens that way. It cycles around that way. We never thought we'd say that, but it's true. And as soon as a couple of guys graduate and LSU writes the ship and continues to recruit the five stars, guess what? LSU beat him. And this is a deal where Auburn, I think, has better players at this point. And with what Florida's going through and the way he has recruited at Florida, his his starting quarterback out, I think even if we look at recruiting rankings, that would support that. Auburn's got more talent. So if he does it, if Mullen does it, it'd be the first time I can remember that a Mullen team walks out there and throws the punch and, and beats a team who's got more talent. And if I'm if I'm wrong about this and Auburn goes in there and rolls, then I now I'm a believer. Now I'm fully on board with Auburn as a team that can step up there and physically go toe-to-toe with LSU and Alabama. And it's game on in the SEC West. But that's not what I expect. So I'm just being honest with you about it. All right. Um, the text line, 885 ESPN, says, 
most of these games are non are, are I'm sorry, most of those games are conference games, cupcake games. That's how smaller teams get their money. These games are scheduled years in advance. They can't predict the future of those teams. The big teams do not want other big teams outside their conference games for possible injury reasons. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with any of that in terms of it being factual. What I'm saying is it absolutely is a contributing factor, a major contributing factor to a waning interest across the board in college football from coast to coast. Therefore, the obvious declining attendance. Fans don't care if the cupcake teams need the check. We're tired of it. And the NCAA kind of has their relationship with each other, the bigs and the littles, and they've been making it work, but fans are like, I'm staying home. It just depends on what you're most concerned with. You're most concerned with parity. You're most concerned with growth of the sport and popularity for the long term and getting fans back in the stadium or keeping up making sure that the cupcakes get a check. What are you most concerned about? Is it all about the bowl games? Well, a lot of it is because TV drives the whole thing. TV's, I mean, you know you're not going to win the championship. Well, TV's driving us. We have 48 bowl games now. I can't even believe we still call them bowl games. We carried 30-something. Listen, the last, yeah. not long ago, Roger, just three seasons ago, Dan Mullen at State went 5-7, and seven, had to get their fifth win in the Egg Bowl, and went to a, air quotes, bowl game because they had a good G- team GPA. <laughs> and and in that bowl game, they kind of embarrassed them. In that bowl game had to block like a 20 something yard field goal to beat Miami of Ohio. I mean, but hey, the bowl streak lives on. Look, I've never understood that. That's the show for another day. Miami of Ohio. <laughs> um the that, male, that goes in there with Missouri and the SEC. <laughs> exactly. The homecoming queen's like, why don't we get Clemson? We'll get her on that topic. I'll well, blow her mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the truth is they wanted a team that you could beat year in and year out, yet still get a bigger TV audience. You certainly, you're certainly not going to bring somebody in here who could beat Alabama and LSU without adding to the TV audience. Therefore, it would, they were never going to add Clemson. Nothing else going on in St. Louis or Missouri. Uh, mailman in Madison enjoyed us uh, picking on Jake a little bit. Bulldog Barney said, if a player's on scholarship and graduates early with a year eligibility left, in my opinion, okay to get compensated if, uh, one, take him or her off scholarship, two, pay their own way. And then finally, somebody says, Matt, what are you smoking? Auburn beats Florida by at least 10. All I know is wow, we don't have to wait long. We'll find out on Saturday. And since today is hump day, we're getting closer and closer. Injuries I don't know about. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Roger, I'll see you in the studio tomorrow. All right. Everybody, let's do it again tomorrow. See you then. See you. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
All coaches are in coaching. Well, hopefully.